0: If you're a guest today, we welcome you. And uh, if this is your first or second time with us, we invite you before you leave to stop by our uh, guest area in the back, my right, back right of the auditorium. We have a small token of appreciation we'd like to give you for being with us today. And uh, if you're joining us online somewhere, we welcome you as a part of this service. Pray you're blessed by it. And it's also good to have brother and sister Trombley in service with us. And they are making some transitions in their ministry and transitioning out of the eastern shore and going to be with us for a little while here on Sunday mornings. We are excited about that. Appreciate them. Love them very much. Amen. Acts chapter 17, verse number 22. Acts 17 and verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive... That in all things you are too superstitious. Now that word has a very, uh, I think a pretty clear connotation today. So listen, Jameson Fawcett and Brown says, rather than too superstitious, which sounds to be a criticism, what he's saying is, I I have noticed you are extremely devout. You are very God-fearing. You are much given to religious worship. So this was not intended to be a criticism. It was a recognition of their religious devotion. So I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For I pass by and behold your devotions. I found an altar with this inscription. To the unknown God. whom therefore you ignorantly worship him declare i unto you and again i don't think he was trying to be offensive he was he was saying this god that you worship that you just you don't really know him declare i unto you and now he begins to declare god that made the world and all things therein seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. They that should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after Him and find Him, though He be not far from every one of us. God is not far from any of us, but we will only encounter Him when we seek after him for in him for in him we live and move and have our being as certain also of your own poets have said for we are also his offspring i passed by and i beheld your devotions I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship him, declare I unto you. I want to preach to you for a little bit this morning on this subject, acknowledged but unknown, acknowledged but unknown. Jesus, I thank you. For your presence that is in this place. I thank you for the privilege of being in your presence today. I thank you for your spirit that has already touched hearts and lives in this place today. Father, I pray that you would minister to someone today through your word. That your word would speak to their heart. That they would hear not a sermon from a man today, but a message, God, that would come from you. I pray that your anointing would be upon the hearer to receive, and I trust you, God, for your anointing to speak your word today. I trust you and depend on you this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Just to give you a little bit more understanding, perhaps, of the setting here Let me read to you Fawcett's Bible Dictionary said with regards to what Paul refers to as Mars Hill. It is a rocky eminence in Athens separated from the west of the Acropolis by a raised valley above which it rises 60 feet. Mythology made it the scene of the god Mars trial before the gods at Poseidon's accusation for murdering the son of the latter Hilarhosius, the most honored of all the Athenian courts, consisting of all exercons of blameless life. It was the upper council to distinguish it from the 500 who met in the valley below. It met on the southeast top of the rock, 16 stone steps, and the rock still exists, leading from below Mars Hill and directly above is a bench of stones cut in the rock facing south and forming three sides of a quadrangle. Here the judges sat in criminal and religious cases in the open air. So this is the setting in which Paul shows up and says, "I, I have recognized your devotion. I see that you are very religious. I see that... That you take it very serious, your acknowledgement of the gods and you are your your worship of the gods. But what he says is, I have noticed there's one of these gods of yours that has caught my attention, and that is what you have called the unknown god. And Paul was saying, I've got good news for you today. Because I have come to introduce you to that God. The God that you acknowledge exists. The God that apparently you are aware of, but you really don't know. I've come to tell you about that God. We live in a world today that I think is very similar to this. Most people believe there is a God. Most people believe there is a God. Most people believe, maybe they'll say it this way, there is a higher power. I understand that throughout the world, even throughout our own country, there is debate about who this God is, about His name, about, about uh, His, His existence, His essence. But I, I, I know that most people believe there is a God. It is not the majority that believe no God exists. It's only a minority. And so most believe there is a God. But I, I've come to tell you today, it's not good enough just to know there is a God. It's not good enough to just believe a God exists. In fact, it is the desire of that God for you to know Him in a personal way. I I think I experienced to a degree yesterday what Paul said. I had the privilege for I think the third time now in my life to go and be present at the Army-Navy football game. And to all of you Army fans, to all of you Army fans, congratulations. Congratulations. It took you 14 years and a third-string quarterback to finally win. Sorry, you had the mic. You get your shot in. I've got it. I'll get mine. So, but there's no other. There's no no other sporting event like it. The, The pageantry and what goes into it is just. It's very. It's a very neat experience. But prior to the game, and this doesn't happen too often at a sporting event, but prior to the game, the chaplain of the Navy was invited to give the invocation for the game. I don't want to come across critical today. I don't want to sound judgmental. But if I could just say it to you this way, it was very sad. It was sad because there was no life in it. It was sad because while an entire stadium, the majority of the people in that stadium bowed ahead in respect, it really seemed like they were bowing ahead in respect to an unknown God. A God that someone believes exists, but a God that most of them had not really encountered. It was it was a it was a pretty eloquent prayer. I have to tell you, it was apparently rehearsed prior. It was pre-planned, and uh, it was it was impressive from that standpoint. But you know what? I could tell you, I could just right now hand this microphone to a couple of different individuals in this room. And without any preparation and planning, they could begin to pray. And most of you, if you've got any degree of sincerity, something inside of you would awaken to say, what is that? I've heard this. This is one of those stories that I don't know if it's a true story or just one of those really good-sounding stories that somebody made up. But the story is that a that a gathering of very educated people, there was there was a person that stood up and very very in great diction and very eloquently stu- uh, 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 recited the twenty-third psalm. And at the conclusion of that, there was a very polite hand clap and the speaker sat down and in the middle of the crowd, voluntarily, there was an elderly gentleman that stood up and without being invited to, he began to recite the 23rd Psalm. And as he began to recite it, people started doing this. And tears started to flow in some eyes. And by the time he was done, the entire auditorium was on their feet in a in an ova- standing ovation for him. And afterwards, he was asked the question, what was the difference between her and you? And his answer was this, she knows the 23rd Psalm. But I know the shepherd of the twenty third psalm. This is a really great book if you want to look at it as just a piece of literature it's a great book but if you do not mix this book with your faith that is all it is is a piece of literature but i can tell you today that if you will take a step of faith and go beyond this as simply a piece of literature and begin to realize that contained with book are the words of life and realize that there really is a God and that that God is in fact more interested in you than you are in him but I can tell you today he can be more than just a God and he can be more than just an unknown God he can be the God that you know personally in a very intimate way. Paul says, I see that you have an altar to an unknown God. Barnes note says this. There was a remarkable altar raised in Athens in a time of pestilence in honor of the unknown God, which had granted them deliverance. Diogenesis, layer, all these lovely Greek names. I'm sure my pronunciation is not exactly correct. So I ask your forgiveness to all the experts here today. <laughs> Laertius says that Epimedides restrained the pestilence in the following manner. Taking white and black sheep, he led them to the aerial Pagus and there permitted them to go where they would. Commanding those who followed them to sacrifice to the God whom these things pertained or who had the power of averting the plague whoever he might be without adding the name and thus to allay the pestilence from which it is arisen that at this day through the villages of the athenians altars are found without any name this took place about 600 years before christ And it is not improbable that one or more of those altars remained until the time of Paul. It should be added that the natural inscription on those altars would be to the unknown God. None of the gods to whom they usually sacrificed could deliver them from the pestilence. They therefore reared them to some unknown being who had the power to free them from the plague they recognize there is something bigger there is something greater they recognize that there was even something bigger than the gods that they thought that they knew and so paul says i want to tell you about that god I want you not to just know that there is a God. I don't want you just to believe in an unknown God, but I want you to know that God. If anybody was able to give an explanation of the unknown God, Paul had the ability perhaps like no other because Paul had an encounter with that unknown God. Paul was going about his life doing what he wanted the way he wanted. And one day on the road to Damascus, there was a bright light that Paul encountered and a voice from heaven that spoke to him. And from that day forward, Paul's life was drastically different. And one of the driving forces of Paul's life is found in the book of Philippians where he says, Oh, that I may know him. Can I tell you it's not good enough today to know about God. It is not good enough today just to believe that God exists, but you've got to go beyond that and you as an individual need to know God. I know I've said it already several times, but I'll say it again. I'm here to tell you today that God is more interested in you than you will ever be in him. And for some of you that's saying something because I believe you have a hunger to know God. I believe you have a desire for God. But can I tell you that as intense as your desire may be, God's desire for you is even greater than that. In fact, that's the reason for this time of year. He decided, I want to know you no matter what I've got to do to know you. I want to have a relationship with you no matter the cost that I must pay. And so the Bible says that he robed himself in flesh and he came and he walked among us. So that you and I could not just know about him. But we could know him. Anybody today can say you know him. Anybody today say you've gone beyond just believing that he is and he exists and you have encountered him for yourself? My favorite verse in all of the Bible is in the book of Job. And at the conclusion of the trial that Job went through, Job said, I heard about him with my ear. but he said, now I have seen him with my own eyes.'" If, you all, if all you ever do is hear about him, that is a very unstable faith. It is the starting point of faith because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God, but that is only the starting point of faith. God's desire for you is to have the same experience that Job had and to be able to say, I heard about you before, but now I have not just heard about you I have seen you with my own eye I have encountered you for myself I am not just living off of what somebody else has said but I am now living off of what I have experienced Hmm. isn't it interesting how much over the last several years and I say that decade or so Several years, especially this time of year, there are those that arise to challenge the use of the term Christmas and fight against things being done in public school and other places, acknowledging Christmas because whether you believe in him or not, when you hear the term Christmas, Unless you've been living on an island, deserted island all of your life, you have an idea what it represents. I don't believe as most of you today, I don't believe that December 25th is Jesus' birthday. <laughs> don't believe that's the day he was born. And, and to be honest with you, I've changed a little bit of my opinion on that. My, my response to that and I have come to the conclusion, you know what, if nothing else, there's one time of year where the world takes note. There's one time of year when I have I, been—I've had the opportunity. In fact, just a year ago, I—I I was in—I was in Asia. I was in Singapore. I was in Malaysia, and and I and so I was—I've been in—I've been in areas that are predominantly Muslim, and it's interesting to walk through a mall and see Christmas trees and 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 see decorations where people are acknowledging it is Christmas time. Whether they believe in what it's all about or not, they still they 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 they, they fall. Let me—I'll put it this way—they fall into the trap of it being Christmas. And so, if no other time of year around this time there is a world that acknowledges an unknown God, in fact, if you notice what Paul said, he—the inscription was not to an or a unknown God. The inscription was to the unknown God, meaning whatever it is we know, there's still something that we don't know, and I think they were acknowledging whether they understood it or not, and whether they totally believed it or not, there is something else. I'm glad I know today what the something else is. In fact, I'm not glad I know what the something else is, but I am glad that I know who the something else is. There is a man in Scripture that I think demonstrates an acknowledgement of Jesus yet not really knowing him. We find it in Luke chapter 19 and verse number 1. Scripture says, Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus who he was. Wanted to see Jesus who he was for himself. And could not for the press. You didn't know it? Basketball is in the Bible, right here. He couldn't get to Jesus because of the press. It's so all you non basketball people don't worry about it. It's corny anyway. Because he was of little stature, he was obviously the point guard. <laughs> And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was to pass that way. He knew there was something unique about this man. He knew there was something different about him. He he knew he had heard about him and he was interested in seeing him a little bit more for himself. But when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today I must abide at thy house. You've come to get a glimpse of me. You've come to see A little bit more about me, but I'm going to help you out because I'm not just going to pass by where you are. I'm going to come to your house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured saying that he was gone to be with to be guests with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save That which was lost. There are people in this place today that you, like Zacchaeus, whether you have recognized it or not, I can tell you, Jesus has passed by you today. Whether you were aware of it when it happened or not, I'm telling you without a doubt, Jesus has passed by you today. But there is something more that he desires, and that's not to simply pass by you in this sanctuary, but like he said to Zacchaeus, I can hear him saying to you today, I want to come to your house. I want to come visit with you, but I don't want to just come visit with you I want to come abide with you I don't want you just to show up someplace and get a glimpse of me but I want you to know me oh hallelujah I don't want you just to be a spectator I want you I want you to to be someone who fellowships with me, he showed I think it was during the first half they put up on the screen and president elect Donald Trump was in the stadium yesterday He was up in one of the box uh, club uh, box what do you call it? the corporate suites they obviously had erected a he had a what i'm sure was a bulletproof glass. Uh, protecting him, that he was standing and sitting behind, there were many others that were around him to protect him. If you had tried to get close to him, it would have been the last thing you tried. But you know what 's so amazing about Jesus is he has done everything possible. To remove every barrier. (laughs) Humans we protect and important VIPs are protected and barricaded and you can't get to them. And if you try to get to them, depending who they are, it could be at the loss of your life if you... Press too hard to get to him. But the one that all of us should want to get to because he's the only one that can really do anything for us has gone through everything necessary to make sure there is nothing between you and him that if you choose I want to reach out and connect with him there will be nothing that interferes with you encountering him. Isaiah 44 and verse 6 says this, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last, and beside me there is... No God and who is I shall call and shall declare it and set it in order for me since I appointed the ancient people and the things that are coming and shall come let them show unto them fear ye not neither be afraid have not I told thee from that time and have declared it ye are even my witnesses is there a God beside me Yea, there is no God. I know not any. I love that last part of that verse. Is there another God? I don't know of any. (laughs) You and I may create gods. Man may make up gods. Man may even make up gods that they worship, but the God who said, beside me there is no other God, looks around and says, I don't know of any other God. Paul said something similar in First 1 Timothy 1.17. Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Our praise and our worship here this morning is not intended to simply be a religious ritual that we go through as a part of a church service but it is the way in which we get into his presence that we might be able to encounter him the psalmist said I will enter his gates with thanksgiving and I will enter his courts with praise we do not start a service with music and singing and go do, and do that simply out of obligation but we understand that what we have come to do today is to encounter the only wise God we have come to experience him and so the way that we do that is by singing and worshipping and praising and entering in to his presence because to those that know him you know that when you get in his presence anything anything is possible I went through, as did 70, 80,000 plus people yesterday, all kinds of effort to sit and freeze to death. My compassionate, loving father was so kind in a text to tell me it's going to really get cold after the sun goes down. Thanks, dad. Appreciate those words of encouragement. I, I, if you please take this in the proper context because i don't endorse and i don't gamble, but in this context i was I was gambling on the fact that I was going to go through all of that effort to hopefully see when number fifteen I, that that was my that was my reason for doing all of that, but I had no guarantee. And obviously was somewhat disappointed. Can I tell you what's so awesome about this today? It's not a gamble. (laughs) We're not taking a chance today. I went yesterday, maybe Navy will win, but they could possibly lose. I did not walk in here today, Brother Lewis, going, maybe God will show up maybe he won't so I'm just going to come and see I walked into this place today knowing that God not only would show up but God was already here that before I ever got out of the bed this morning God was already waiting on me and all I've got to do is reach out to him and when I reach out to him he promised he would respond to me Let me see, let me see if I could just help somebody a little bit in the last few moments of this message because maybe to you today he is still essentially the unknown God. Can I give you some examples from Scripture? Abraham knew him as the provider. Moses knew him as the I am. That means whatever you need... (laughs) I am. Whatever you need, I am. If you're sick and you go to the doctor, he has got to diagnose the problem to give you the proper medication. If you've got a migraine, there's a really good chance Pepsi-A-C is not going to do anything for you. You've you, you got to get the right medicine. And then sometimes it may be a medicine that is for your problem, but it doesn't work for you. Uh, He said to Moses, what's your problem? I am. What are you dealing with? I am. What's the sickness? I am. What's the trouble you're going through? I am. What's the question you've got? I am. Joseph knew him as the dream giver, but also as the dream fulfiller. David knew him as the shepherd. Solomon knew him as all together lovely. You know what? My wife, she says I'm a pretty good husband. I've got her favorite sport coat that I own on today. I get after almost 25 years of marriage I get a twinkle in her eye when I wear this outfit. She she thinks I'm better looking now than when she married me. She says I'm becoming a gray fox. And I I try. I think I'm a better husband now than I was in 1992. In fact, I think I'm a better husband now than I was last year. But I got to tell you, I am not altogether lovely. <laughs> There's some parts about me that rise up every now and then that are not altogether lovely. So, in a lot of areas, I'm a good husband, but not altogether. Solomon said, I've I've searched every part of him. I've I've studied him. I've inquired of him. I've learned about him. And what I've come to the conclusion of, he is altogether lovely. I haven't found anything about him that turns me off. I I haven't found anything about him that's bad. He's all together good. Daniel knew him in the lion's den as a protector. The three Hebrew children knew him in a fiery furnace as a deliverer. The deaf, the mute, the blind, the lame knew him as a healer. The woman at the well knew him as living water. He said of himself in John 10 and 10, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. I know in 2016 who cares about a good shepherd. But you gotta understand, in the context of that day, that was something they all understood. When David said, the Lord is my shepherd. What he was saying was, I am a shepherd and I know what it is to care for and to take care of sheep. In fact, he said to Saul, there was a lion and there was a bear that came to destroy my father's sheep. But I fought that lion and a bear. And so when David says, the Lord is my shepherd... From the voice of experience, he was saying, I'm in good hands because I've got a shepherd. And so Jesus said of himself, I am the good shepherd. In John 11 and 25, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. John 6 and 35, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. In verse 51, he said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. In John 14 and 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. In Revelation 1 and 8, he said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, which is to come, the Almighty. And then in Revelation 22 and 16, he says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and the morning star. If I haven't covered by now what you need him to be, that's simply because I don't have time to get there. Because I can tell you whatever you have need of today. This unknown God has exactly what it is that you need. The world is disillusioned with religion. In fact, church attendance is on the decline. There are churches around the world, throughout this country, around the world, there are churches throughout Europe that are shutting their doors and closing their buildings because people are no longer coming to church. Religion can only... Disappoint. Religion can only let you down. Religion will fail you. Even if it's apostolic, religion will fail you. And so today we have not come here because we are trying to be religious. We have come today because of a relationship. We have come because. There is an unknown God. That if we have not yet. Encountered him. And gotten to know him. He is waiting. And willing. And ready for us. To know him. <laughs> or perhaps you sit here today. And maybe. Maybe you think. Maybe you feel. As great. As that God is you're describing, preacher, I'm pretty certain He doesn't want anything to do with me. I got too many mistakes. I got too many failures. I've done too many things wrong. There is no way that that God is interested in me. I am so glad to tell you this morning that you are so wrong. In fact, you couldn't be more wrong. The Bible says he dwells with those that have a broken heart, contrite spirit. It's not those that have it all together. That God is drawn to. It's not those that have everything in their life in order. That God is attracted to. It's those that recognize. I'm not worthy of you. I don't deserve you. You probably don't want anything to do with me. Are several stories that I could take you to in the Gospels, where Jesus proved by his actions that it was those who were unworthy. It was the Zacchaeuses that I read to you about that everyone looked at with disdain, and everyone was offended by the fact that Jesus would go to his house. But that's exactly the ones that he was so willing and ready to make himself known to. I believe there's somebody, probably more than one. But I believe there's at least, at least one person in this place today. Whether it's your first time, several times, or many times. I believe there's somebody here today that God has purposely orchestrated this service this morning because He wants you to go beyond simply acknowledging Him as a God. Beyond even acknowledging Him as the God. But to go to the place where he becomes the God that you know for yourself. I wonder if I could ask you, if you would, just to close your eyes for a moment, bow your heads, if you would. Nothing else. I ask you to do that just out of respect for those that may be around you. I believe that somebody here right now, not only are you hearing the words that are being said, but I also believe there's somebody that you're feeling a tug on your heart, you're feeling a pull, perhaps you've never even felt it before, of the presence of God that is trying to draw you today. Not draw you into religion, not draw you into church membership, but draw you in to a relationship with him so that you could, like Paul, then say to others, let me tell you about this unknown God. Let me explain to you who he is. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I want to do it like this this morning if I could. Again, if nothing else, out of respect and making this a little more comfortable hopefully for some. If you're here this morning and again, whether you're a guest, first time, a couple of times, or you come all the time. If you believe that God is talking to you this morning and God is speaking to you, that He desires for you to know Him in a way like you've never known Him before, could I ask you just to stand right where you are? Just just simply where you are, if you would just stand, no one looking around, no one trying to make you uncomfortable, but... You just feel this morning, you want to know more, not just about him, but you want to know him. Not just know more about him, not just know more about what the Bible says about him, but you, you want to know him. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, as you continue, if you would, for just another moment or two with your head bowed and eyes closed, if I could ask some of you folks to give me a, to help me here. There are some that are standing, that are acknowledging a desire. That they want Him to be more than just the unknown God. They want Him to be more than just a God they acknowledge. The very fact that you're here this morning to me implies that you acknowledge. You are acknowledging by your presence here today, whatever the level of your faith may be. But you are acknowledging by your presence here today that you believe there is a God. But it's God's desire for it to be more than just acknowledging Him. It's God's desire for you to know him In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Perhaps you're not comfortable standing. But you would acknowledge He's talking to you. Would you just right where you're sitting? You just reach out for him. Would you just express to him God, I want to know you. I don't want to just know about you. I don't want to just know that you exist. I don't want to even just know that you're real. I want to know you. I want to know you, God. I want to know you. I don't want you just to be the unknown God. I don't want you just as an unknown God. I want you to be the God that I know. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus, 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 Jesus how, how I, I trust, trust him. him, how I, I prove him all and all, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus He said that he would be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Anybody need to know him as that today? Anybody need to know him today as a friend that will never leave you, never forsake you, never abandon you? Just to know Save the the Lord. Lord, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus how, how I trust, trust him, him, how I, I prove Him, o'er and o'er. Jesus, 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 precious Jesus, Jesus. oh. To trust, trust him. him more, Jesus, 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 Jesus how, I, I trust, trust him. him. How I, I prove him, him more and more, and Jesus, Jesus, just Jesus, oh. Trust, trust him more. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I've learned, so to, glad I've trust I've learned to trust him. you, Lord. Precious Jesus. Oh, say to go, you're welcome to do so. Again, if you're a guest this morning, your first or your second time, please, if you would stop by for a moment in the back and let us just give you a small token of appreciation for being with us today. Precious Jesus, for grace to trust.